Have you ever believed something because you had to? Oh, that's a stupid question. Of course you have. We do it all the time, right? I mean, you get on airplanes with very little knowledge as to what is going on. Uh, the physics behind it, that's the right branch of science, isn't it? I'm not a science person. But whatever it is that's going on and happening, I trust, I believe that someone has this figured out. That the plane's going to go up and it's going to come down as it's supposed to. We believe it because we have to or because we want to get to where we're going a little quicker. We believe that the food we eat isn't contaminated, will not kill us. The bridge we cross will hold us from end to end. The medicine the doctors prescribe and the pharmacist gives us in that bottle that I think looks just like the medicine we had last month, doesn't it? Was this the same color pill? Ah, we'll take it anyway, right? We believe in it because we have to. We believe that our loved ones will be there for us, that they love us because we have to. If we didn't believe, we couldn't survive in life. When we're babies and our parents leave us for that first time, we cry like crazy. They're gone and they will never return. We do not understand. And then they show back up and we stop crying. And the next time we cry a little less and a little less. And then we learn to believe, to trust that the world will be okay, that the parents will return. To get up, to live our lives every day requires an incredible amount of trust, of belief. Not everything can be proven beyond a reasonable doubt, and so we believe because we have to. But what about this story? The story we read last week, the story that's still going on this week, this story of resurrection, the Easter story, it's, it's a little hard to believe. I mean, when do dead people rise? We've been in a funeral home since February. We've been preaching hard up here, praying, testifying. I've yet to see resurrection. This story, it's hard to believe. Yet here we are, centuries after the story, confessing our belief. You said it this morning. I mean, I know I printed it in the bulletin, but you still said it. Christ is risen indeed. We sang he lives. We confess that it happened and that because it happens, everything changed. We are changed. But what are we thinking? I mean, here we are in this story. It's a week after Easter for us and for the disciples. And Thomas, Thomas had a front row seat to everything. He saw it all, heard it all as it was happening. There's no translation issues, no redactions or edits. He saw and heard the unadulterated life and teachings of Jesus as it was. And yet, when he missed the living Christ on the evening of Easter, passing through walls, greeting the disciples, breathing on them, introducing the passing of the peace, as he said, peace be with you, and I guess they all said, and also with you, Thomas missed it all. And when they told him about it, Thomas said, I don't believe it. Thomas, he saw it all, and he did not believe. And I get it. I'm team Thomas this morning. Show me. Let me see. And that's what Jesus does. He shows him. Jesus shows up again the week after Easter and shows him his wounds. Thomas believes. But what about us? What about us? It's been a few 
weeks, really, since Easter. One week since our Easter, but centuries since Easter. But as of yet, no risen Christ have passed through the walls. Show me, we say, but it's hard to believe and let your preacher this morning be the first to admit it. Believing in resurrection is hard. It's hard to believe. But have you ever believed something because you had to? Now, last week on Easter, we shared that prayer concern from our host, Eric O'Leary, whose three-year-old son just found out they have, he has a terminal genetic disease. It's going to slowly degenerate his brain over the next decade or less. And it's deeply sad. And seeing that, I have to believe in resurrection. Easter Sunday massacre in Sri Lanka People worshiping the risen Christ right along with us, bombed during worship, hundreds dead. The shooting yesterday at the San Diego synagogue, one of the holiest days in the Jewish calendar, the last Sabbath, the last day of Passover. The guy, 19, I guess he's a guy, a kid, charges through with his AR-57 yelling, Jews are ruining the world. And he shoots. Seeing that, I have to believe in resurrection. Last week we read stories, I read stories of violence and terror that people live through who are leaving the countries in Central America, forcing them to flee across borders, risking everything just for their families. Seeing that, I have to believe in resurrection. Natural disasters, climate change, cancer, car crashes, addiction, overdose, suicide. Seeing all of that, all the pain, all the suffering, I have to believe in resurrection because I, well, I need some hope. The world needs some hope. But I saw something else the other day, too. After the outpouring of attention with those fires in France and the Notre Dame Cathedral, there was this reporter, a blogger, really, for Huffington Post, posted on Twitter, you know, there were last month three black churches in Louisiana. Baptist churches that were burned out, not by accident, but by acts of terror, violence, and hate. Maybe we should raise money for them, too. And he started a GoFundMe page, said somebody should give $1,000, and people gave, and they gave. As of last I heard last week, $2.1 million given to these three churches in Louisiana to rebuild because of Twitter. And seeing that, well, I have to believe in resurrection. I went into our church last week, the building down the road, you might remember it from earlier this year. It's still a mess, but it's almost done. And you know, it was a year ago, like last week when we started the capital campaign. It's been a year since that Sunday. It was a dream then, and we didn't know if it would happen, if people would, would be able to give the funds needed that we knew were, <laughs> I can't talk, we hoped were possible, but we weren't sure uh, uh, that we could raise that kind of money. And people gave, sacrificially gave, and people poured time and energy into designing the thing, into deconstructing the place, and now reconstructing everything, and soon you'll be hearing about cleaning up everything. And in the grand scheme of things, it's small, but for us, Norwalk Christian Church, in our 150th year, it's an incredible accomplishment, and it's almost done. And seeing that, well, I have to believe in resurrection. And I saw a friend the other day, and she had lost her husband a while back, and she's making it. 
And it's not easy. She has bad days and better days, but she's making it. And I read on Facebook another friend who was celebrating last week three years of sobriety. And seeing that, I have to believe in resurrection. Now, just so you know, this preacher, well, I don't believe because I have it all figured out. If you want answers for every question of faith, if you want proof, well, you've come to the wrong place. Maybe there's some church in town that doles out proof and answers some preacher with an abundance of confidence, but not this one, not this Sunday. But what I have, I give to you. See, I used to think in the text, Jesus talks about those who are blessed because they believe without seeing. And I kind of picture, I even preached uh, about three years ago, this text. And I said, well, I had this picture of an old uh, John uh, who, who wrote the gospel, preaching to his own church, those who came along after Jesus had risen and gone, who never saw Jesus, that they were the ones who believed without seeing. And yeah, there is some truth to that. We have not seen I've never seen the risen Christ walk through doors. I've never seen any kind of resurrection, except I have seen resurrection. And you've seen it too. Not the full flower of resurrection, no dead people sitting up, but I've seen resurrection nonetheless, that bud, the bloom of that resurrection flower. And I have doubts, but in my doubts are beliefs. Because every time a life is turned around, every time you have hope, every time goodness overcomes evil in this world, in small ways and big, I call that resurrection. Not dead men walking resurrection, but the bulb and the flower that's inside blooming to resurrection. And I'm not one who hasn't seen. I have seen resurrection. And you have to every day in others and even in yourself. We are the ones who have seen, but there are those who have not seen, those caught up in the darkness of hopelessness, those still in the midst of their grief and loss, unable to see through the closed doors and the walls around them, seeing their life slipping away. They haven't seen, but we have. And Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen. They're blessed because they get the story to be shared with them. From that first Easter morning, the testimony of Mary Magdalene in the garden is, I have seen the Lord. And that is the testimony of Easter people, the message that we continue to declare this morning. And yes, we could use more proof. And if you're offering it, I will gladly take it. But I don't know about you, but I choose to believe anyway. Because, well, I have to. I have to believe. I couldn't live in this world without resurrection. And I invite you two to join me in believing. Open your eyes and look for it. It's there. It's all around us. Go out into this world and see resurrection and testify to those who have not seen that I have seen the Lord. We have seen the Lord. If you've seen the Lord, say amen. And let us sing our hymn of communion as we prepare to commune with our Lord. In the bulb, there is a flower.